Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday, and it's Janet, and I'm very excited to be here. Very excited about this show. I'm I'm actually talking about the journey of the soul today, sort of to honor the idea that my book is about to come out. I don't have the exact date yet. The We received the proof um, earlier this week, and there needs to be some tweaking um, with the cover. So I have to get the, the, the tweaking done and send it back. And then I'm not sure exactly how it unfolds from there, but it's close. And I've told you guys a lot, and you're probably sick of hearing about it in some ways. Hopefully, it will. it is something you're excited about. I often call it soul psychology, but the full title, the full title of the book is Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. And this book is about what happens when we become human. We've moved out of the animal kingdom, and we begin our journey through the human kingdom universe. What happens when we're in body? What happens when we're out of body? What are the decisions we make? We're all about the soul and the mind. And I've given you tidbits all along the way for the last few months. This pulls it all together. There is so much information in the book. You're going to love it. A lot of examples, a lot of stories, a lot of really good stuff in a way that you can digest easily. Now, there is a lot of meat, so I don't want you to get overwhelmed by it because I explain it pretty clearly and give you lots of examples. It's just a great book. What can I say? So the I'm just really excited about it. It's finally coming out. It is finally, finally coming out. Maybe as soon as next week, but I just don't know if it's next week or the week after. But today, to honor this book, I am going to talk a bit about the soul's journey. Now, it's it's one little show, and I want to do a healing, so I'm limited. I can't re- rehash and repeat and regurgitate my book, but I want to give you a sampling of some of the stories in there. By sharing with you an, an actual story of someone who I did healing on recently, and her story, her situation was really uh, extreme, very fascinating, um, touches your heartstrings tremendous amount, and in a way, I'm sharing the story, and I'm going to start right with the story. I'm sharing it for you because most of the people listening to the show won't be in this extreme a place. And I'm hoping that you're all going to look at your your lives at the, as you listen to the story and think, you know, look what she has to contend with. Look at what she has to deal with every single day. And you might 
find yourself feeling hopeful. Because even with this very extreme pattern, and it's not the most extreme I've worked on. I've, there's a much more extreme pattern in the book, actually the whole chapter. But it's one that is really telling. And now I I, I don't go into a lot of detail. I've only done one healing on her. So I'm giving you sort of the the nuts and bolts or just the first level of unfolding. And then I'm going to discuss what it is we figure out from this. And then we're going to move in to working on healing all of us. It's it's going to be an exciting show today. Okay. Um, I'm going to call this, this gal Ellen. And I did all the normal things that I do on the show. I amalgamated. And when I amalgamated, her father came in. He, I didn't know why I saw him join the healing. This happens a lot when I do healing, some significant other in some way to the person I'm working on, or sometimes there's multiple people. You, you're aware because I've done it on other shows. He came in and I didn't get any kind of indication of why he was there. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And if I don't get an indication, I just sort of wait and see. But once we did all the amalgamation, there was... Ellen, the symbol of Ellen, remember I use symbols quite a bit, there was Ellen sitting on the platform that I set up with a rainbow bridge. You guys are all aware of this. And she looked like a Buddha in a way in that she was sitting, but you could only see her head and her arms because there was so much flesh around her, 360 degrees around her, in folds like the, you know, Pillsbury Doughboy, but way more. These, these folds, folds of fat and uh, of her body folds, you know, just of her body folding out 360 degrees around her. You couldn't even get the sense that there was a physical body underneath the folds. And she was totally immobilized, not able to move. It was as if she put down roots. Uh, she couldn't stand or get up. And um, a troubling, very troubling uh, kind of symbol, you know, but of course I persevere. And one thing I noticed right off the bat that it would you would think that she was tremendously unhappy, and she was, but she put out a facade of being, of making peace with the situation. These were very, very old issues. She, it was her choice. She was choosing to accept it rather than fight against it because it's become her self-identity, like she has no choice in the matter. She's discouraged. She's depressed. But she's projecting the facade of I'm okay and don't bother me. Don't touch me. Don't care about me. Don't get near me. Okay. She was happier keeping people out than wanting anyone in her space. So you'll understand why as we go. Okay, so in this way, she kind of owned her pattern. She's like saying, this is who I am, stay away. But it comes from a place of real fear. She was terrified of looking at her issues. She want, wanted to hide from them, and she is hiding 
And she spends a lot of that time, a lot of energy putting up that facade because she doesn't want anyone to ask about her. She doesn't want people in her business. She has a lot, she spends a lot of energy rejecting her. Now, Ellen is in fact in her early 20s, I think 21, 22, somewhere like that. And, um, but she carries this huge rejection pattern, rejecting everyone, even those they're caring about her. She's very confused. She's extremely wounded. And she associates caring with being controlled. She's afraid, and it's irrational, but it comes from very real experiences in the past. She's afraid that if someone cares for her, she's going to be forced to do something. She's either going to have be forced labor or she's going to be enslaved. She's going to be an indentured servant. She's going to be forced to do what other people want. She doesn't want to do. And she's absolutely um, associates caring with that in some strange way. And that'll come up a little bit more in a, in a bit why all that goes. But I want to keep going because you know these things are extremely complex and extremely um, intertwined and and interwoven, and they, they can move into complete areas of irrationality, of course. Now, when she was forced to do all this stuff, she worked. She was had a tremendous pattern, many lives, again, where she was working, 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 and she was often incessantly hungry. There was not enough food for the servants or for the slaves, so she would be working and toiling with constant and chronic hunger. That was very common. Um, and what grew up after these different lives, different, there was this, that flip book, you know, where there were a lot of different lives. The details looked different, but some of the, the patterning was very similar. She, she began to get a tremendous resistance to working because she tied working to someone forcing her to do something and also to the hunger. So she's, She's very uh, resistant to work. Um, now, here's the other thing. In many of these lives when she was working, there was an overseer. There was a slave master. There was some sort of uh, supervisor or manager or, you know, bully, I should say, somebody who's forcing her and whoever else is in that life with her to work, to slave, sundown to sunup, sunup to sundown, whatever it was. And... Most of the time, these masters were male, okay? So what happens? She carries these tremendous unremembered remembrances of males controlling her, forcing her to be a slave, keeping her starving, and suffering. Tremendous suffering. So much hardship. And she connects it to the male energy. So she resents men. She just has a general resentment because it was enough lives where she locked into this concept that men were the problem. Now, what happened is, or what happens is, that she associates and gets triggered by her father because, of course, he's a man. And so she associates uh, and gets triggered by that male energy and then rejects him. She's rebellious. She rejects him. She uh, doesn't want him around. Of course, it has nothing to do with him personally, but of course, it's become personal because 
he doesn't understand that she's rejecting the male energy. She doesn't understand it either. She just doesn't, she perceives her father as being controlling and manipulating and wanting to get in her business and wanting her to suffer. He's not like that, in fact. He does the best he can. But in fact, this she is seeing her father through a tremendously discolored lens. Okay. Now, there's another part of her that is actually completely desperate for the male energy and the male caring. But she can't allow it in because she's locked into the rejection of all things male from so many lifetimes. Now, she's had good experiences with men in some of the lives, and she remembers that. That is also, we carry the totality of all of our experiences at the soul level, and we bring it forward lifetime after lifetime. So she has all the unremembered remembrances of the good experience of men, which is part of what fuels the desperation for wanting that male energy. It's part of the fuel. But whenever she starts to feel a connection with her father, who's the main male energy in her life at this point, it gets to the point where it triggers the fear that she's going to be controlled or she has, she's going to be obligated or she's going to be forced to do something. And what does she do? She goes into that full rejection. Now, she has younger brothers. In fact, they haven't fully triggered her. Once in a while, they'll trigger her, but, but they're still really quite young. And uh, the higher selves were indicating that as they grow up, they will begin to trigger her as well. Right now, the main male uh, in her life is her dad. So the <clears throat> she's living at home. So that's the situation. Okay. Now, one of the things... Uh, about the symbol of the the folds of flesh that I told you in the beginning, is that in real life she actually is quite overweight. She's been overweight. She's been obese since the age of 12 or 14, and it just gets worse every year. And one of the reasons she carries that weight is that it makes her unavailable for work. She's carrying this tremendous resistance to hard work because it's caused by a man. It's making her hungry, <laughs> and she she absolutely rebels against work. All the hardship and the suffering she associates, associates with any kind of toil or work. So she, this weight keeps her to the point where, I mean, I, th- I think now she's two or 300 pounds overweight. It's so significant in her early 20s. And So the weight is preventing her from work because she can't fully stand up. She can't fully participate in the everyday world that other people can do. So the weight, in fact, is a coping mechanism. It's a way to make sure she takes herself out of that realm of possibility. It protects her, from, in her mind, from being exposed to that cruel male energy those slave drivers, et cetera, et cetera. And as she gets older, the weight becomes more and more of a barrier. Now, another part of her is that she feels that life is unfair and she has a huge victim pattern, a huge sense of powerlessness 
feels that she has no say over her own life and there's so much blame and so much fault finding because in these very real experiences that she had, guess what, folks? She had no choice. She was playing out the role of being powerless. So she has taken it in and defined herself as a victim, as a powerless that she's powerless, that she's helpless in life, that she has no say. And so what does she do? She protects herself to make sure nobody else has a say either. She rejects the male, rejects her father, rejects life, and stays isolated in her own world. Now, out of this sense of victimhood, She's also built up eons, I mean, eons of lifetimes of anger and resentment, and she carries a huge revenge pattern. She wants to teach them a lesson. She's got rage at the world, rage at individuals, at governments, at societies, at uh, God or gods, whatever, and she doesn't even want to be here. It's not my fault. What have I done to deserve this? Life is unfair, all of that kind of thing. And that rage is so huge. It looked to me like the center of a, a volcano, that red magma that was just the, the, the heat that just builds in pressure and then the, it, the, the volcano explodes and <clears throat> out comes all the lava and everything. And this has been very repressed. It's, it's a big undercurrent and it scares people. When she just touches a part of it and she, she works hard to repress it energetically, I'm not talking about consciousness. I'm talking about at the soul level. She works to repress it. But you can't repress something that big. You, you can repress some of it, but you can't repress it all, all the time. And when she lets go or, or the little tip of that iceberg comes up, uh, and she experiences the anger. She lets some of it out. She can be very, very scary. She can feel threatening. She can feel like she's going to hurt you. Because she actually does. There's an intention in there at the soul level. Not consciously, but there's an intention in there to hurt. She wants to hurt and harm just like she's been hurt and harmed. And so she has a big revenge pattern. Now, the current people in her life are not those people, for the most part. And I didn't, at least I didn't get any information that anybody in her life uh, had anything to do with the prior hurts. But she perceives them at that soul level as being out for her. She twists in her mind because she has such a very uh, discolored um, uh, you know, painful lenses that she looks through. So she sees and perceives people, even those who are caring, she twists their intentions in her mind. And it's as if they're trying to get in her business and control her. So, you know, she's worried about the ulterior motives, what's going on that I, you know, they're not telling me. And so there's all this suspicion and all this kind of distrust. Now, in fact, Ellen is completely petrified of her rage as well. Underneath all of this, she is she 
I perceive her as a completely helpless child, almost like an infant. It's not infant. She has consciousness under there, but it's so helpless. It's like a, you know, if I had to categorize or put her into an age bracket, it'd be like she's three or four. I mean, so young, completely helpless, can't do anything for herself. And she feels so afraid that her powerful feelings are going to take her over. That if she even looks at it, if she even goes in there and lets out even a bit of it, that she's going to be so overwhelmed, she's going to even lose her mind. I mean, there literally was fear of going crazy in there. Just fear, going crazy. And so this is another reason all of her fear, all that little girl, that helpless feeling, is another reason she keeps everybody out because she doesn't want that rage to be triggered. Now, it's not none of this, or almost none, would be present in the conscious mind. But she's so fragile. She is so fragile and so afraid and so angry that she absolutely, it, it was so tragic for me. Now, the interesting thing was, and this is the first time it's ever happened in all the healings that I've done. Um, of course, when I do them and people are conscious and know that I'm doing it, it doesn't happen. And But I do a lot of distant healings, and I do a lot of healings in other people that, that they don't know I'm healing it. In this particular healing, the higher self came in and said that Ellen was not ready to hear anything about the healing honor. She was not ready to be to deal with her issues at the conscious level. There was so much heat at this unconscious level that it would be best for her to have uh, do as much of this at a distance kind of neutralizing of the of her patterns tell the intensity of what's going on inside lessened before she would be able to look at the, the stuff consciously. She is, keep in mind, she's running away at full speed uh, from her patterns. She is so terrified to look at all that she's carrying. And so they, the higher selves really recommended that that they she continue the healings at a distance. And in time, they'll let me know when somebody can talk to her about it. They even recommended that even therapy, uh, regular traditional therapy, would not be helpful at this time. Uh, if she did it, for sure not to do it with a man, but um, but it'd be best even to wait on that because it would be more or less, it wouldn't be that helpful yet. She's still running away and hiding so fast and so furious that it the the rational approach uh, of a therapy session would not, she's not, it wouldn't work on her as yet. Now, what happened when we did the healing? When I did the healing, of course, you know me, all of the stuff is releasing and I'm empowering. What happened to the symbol? You know how the symbol changes? Well, the symbol was the, lo the, the loads of fat started to lose, they started to get thinner and there was a sense that there was actual a structure underneath, just a sense. So they did start to lessen. Uh, the front area kind of opened up a bit. And so I saw that there was progress. It wasn't a huge shift, but maybe it was huge for her 
in this moment because, it, you know, for someone that afraid at the soul level, she isn't going to be, you know, doing a major dump. She's going to take it step by step. She's going to do baby steps. That's what we do at the soul level, just like we do in the conscious mind. If something is really difficult or really paralyzing or very uh, upsetting, we take baby steps. So that's what she did, and she, she definitely made a shift, and she needs more help for sure. Now, what is her life like today? I didn't start with that. I started with a story, and I've told you a little bit, but she is very wounded. She is, as I said, very, she is obese. She's not able to take care of herself. Uh, she's very angry. She's scary, scary and scared. She has temper tantrums. She very much pushes people out. She has a poor relationship with her father. Her father does the best he can, but he's kind of tearing his hair out all the time. He doesn't know what to do. He feels helpless and hopeless. Um, she does not work. Uh, when she's tried, she can't maintain any kind of commitment or focus. Same with school. Um, there's been There's very little productive going on in her life. She basically stays up all night, and I don't know what she does. Maybe she's on the Internet or whatever. And then during the day, she is uh, sleeping. Um, she finds it very difficult to commit to anything. She has a, you know, orientation that she wouldn't be able to do it. She's like a failure. And also, of course, what she's probably not even aware of is the, the fear of the work and all that goes into that. But she makes up excuses and just is is someone who is unfortunately, you know, more like a three or four year old than she is a twenty or early twenty person. And your heart just goes out to her. You want to when you meet her, when you see her, when you talk with her, you have this you know, you sense the wounds, at least I do, and my heart always is right there for her because she wears the wounds on her sleeve because she carries all that weight and, you know, because you guys understand my work, uh, you you would know and understand that this, this is a wounded person and you, you know, hopefully you would have empathy for for her as well. If you see her when she's having a temper tantrum, you get there is it's scary it is very scary and you don't know what you know moms don't moms and dads don't know what to do when their kid is having a temper tantrum in the movie theater or in the, the grocery store it's hard enough when a child is doing it but when an adult is having a temper tantrum uh it is it can be scary she always wants her way she's very unhappy she's very despairing she's even tried to kill herself um uh, and she keeps adding weight, and in fact, she's she's not because she's young. She has the strength, but in a but her pattern is really leading her to an early death. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. It is very uh, extreme and very intense. Now, what's going on with her? Okay, she has, and I know you guys have heard me talk about this and use this term. She has what you might call a soul scramble. She's gone through a myriad of lives, eons of lives, and in different situations and conditions, she's taken on through those experiences, belief systems, self-identities, emotional issues, uh, belief, you know, I said beliefs, all sorts of things, blame, 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 fault, 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 
so many things she has taken on through her sojourn. And what's happened is all of these misunderstandings, all of these experiences that have led her to this place are creating in her outer reality real misery. This is what happens. We, our lives in this, each life carries the foundation of all that we've experienced. I've told you that the mind is the aspect of the soul in each new life. When we die, we lay aside the body and the mind joins the past lives or the soul. So the soul could be viewed as the minds of the past. And we carry the soul from the moment in time that we were minerals. And guess what? We carry all the unremembered remembrances of the totality of our evolution. Now, of course, the the part that we have as humans is absolutely significant because that's when we've had conscious thought and we have, you know, more emotion. I mean, I don't think anybody would say that animals don't experience emotion. Some of the more, uh, you know, animals that are at the higher realm of the evolutionary ladder in the animal kingdom, everyone would probably acknowledge, or many would, that animals do have emotions, but not to the extent that humans have. So when we get into the human journey, we are taking on just huge amounts of energetics lifetime after lifetime, and they all intertwine and they all get often get misinterpreted and misunderstood. Uh, beliefs start to come into the fray. There's a lot of conflicts. There's so much that goes on, and it operates like a partner with the mind of the lot of the current life. But because we don't fully understand the soul and the mind and how they intertwine and how they work like they work, it's as if each one operates with one arm tied behind the back. So what I'm trying to explain, what's very much in my book, is how it works, how each soul kingdom, how the journey moves us through the human kingdom, what happens, and how, we, how the journey of the soul affects so much a part of our life, whether no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your human journey. Have you just started the human journey? And nobody on this planet has just started. The planet itself carries its own frequency level and it's already uh, quite high. And so even those who might be in the more primitive societies, quote unquote primitive or more traditional tribal societies, even those people have a, those uh, individuals would have a fairly uh, highly, a high frequency uh, soul Uh, the soul, the human soul would be carried at a very high frequency because otherwise it wouldn't be, those souls would not be, uh, would not be on this planet. They would be in some other planet that more matches their evolutionary level. Um, They may have chosen a uh, more traditional society for as many different reasons as there are individuals in that society so the you can't judge a book by its cover ever so in any case the each and every soul carries with it every human soul has these soul scrambles 
and we bring them forward lifetime after lifetime, they can get more and more complex. They can get more and more intertwined with other soul scrambles. No human soul is without them. I have several of my own, two of which are highly explained in the book. I think you'll find them fascinating. One is a little more detailed than the other, but no one is without them. We all have them. The great news, as I say over and over again, is now we can understand more about our soul. There's more information out there. And we can utilize the opportunity of being here on the planet with the information available. And many, many of you have chosen to come to come to this planet because you don't want to just go and discover and become aware, oh, I'm really unhappy with this pattern. You want to be able to find what to do with it. You want to be able to find solutions and help for it. And that's where we are in this planet. This is why I'm on the radio, because there's levels of awareness that we all move to and move toward uh, in this journey. And we're getting some really Great help on the planet. Really great. So, anyway, so we have these soul scrambles. Now, let me just give you a quote the higher self say. Each soul, in its defining of terms, many times become confused as to what the real issues are. And therefore, negative experiences in many instances are repeated over and over again. Because the soul hasn't fully understood the inner workings that contributed to those various negative experiences. Now, in Ellen's case, a friend of the family knows of my work, and she was the one who came to me and asked me to do um, a healing for for Ellen. So, so I did. That's how Ellen didn't come to me. So I did the healing, and if I went to do the healing and she didn't want it, she would not receive it. But she did step forward. She did step forward because underneath, like many of us, we've chosen to come in to heal. She's miserable. She doesn't want. She doesn't want this pattern. She absolutely doesn't want it. But she can't tackle it at the conscious level. So she did come into the healing. Oh, and I forgot to say, the father, he was present because he loves her. He cares about her. But he did not make his presence known to her at all. Why? Because if he had, he might have triggered her just because of the male energy. He might have triggered her and she could, she might have fled from the healing. So he stayed back. I saw that he was there, but in no time did she ever notice that he was there. And so I just wanted to share that with you, that she's she's just absolutely um, fragile, totally fragile. And he knows it at the soul level. He came in. He actually doesn't, care, doesn't understand the work I do. He doesn't uh, know about it. He doesn't believe in it. Um, and that was fine. But because at the soul level, he's making decisions uh, with the, the inner knowledge that he carries. And so he did come in, but he stayed back. He didn't... Uh, you know, trigger her in any way. And anyway, so, you know, just as psychologists study behavior, emotions, and patterns, 
and relate them to one's current life experiences. The psychology of the soul focuses on the experience, the long-term experiences of the souls as they move, as the souls move through uh, the human evolution lifetime after lifetime. And that's why when I do a, a healing or session, I'm pulling, I'm doing a soul scan. I'm looking at the bigger picture, guys. This is what the higher self has been teaching me and showing me for many years now, to look at the bigger picture so that we aren't healing only, you know, one event or one life or one situation or one condition. We are looking at the to total picture and are able to um, tackle or dissolve some of the undercurrents, what's, being ha what's happening at the soul level. So these soul scrambles are places where we are dysfunctional, we're in a painful pattern that's limited, and we're stuck in it. We often repeat it lifetime after lifetime. And, and it comes from both personal, personal experiences, like Ellen, she was enslaved lifetimes. Oh, my gosh, not good. Or sometimes it's cultural conditions, maybe culturally, like she was in some lifetimes where it was almost subsistence living, and, and, and many people, if not most of them, were just concentrated on getting enough food to eat. That was not necessarily a personal experience where just somebody was doing something to her, but it was more culturally oriented or situational. So it doesn't matter where the... Where the what the situations or, uh, or conditions are, it's how they affect the individuals. So when she was in the slave lifetime, she would be very much affected by the slave, but that the, the master or the other people in the society that weren't slaves wouldn't have that same experience because they aren't slaves. So you can have personal experiences and you can have more generalized experiences because that's what the society is about. It has its own belief structure, its own right and wrong, its own morality, its own ethics, its own religion, its own spirituality or whatever you want to call it. So sometimes we come away from lives with absolute intense misunderstandings and mis misconceptions and misinterpretations based on what the culture teaches what the authorities in that culture teach. So it, it depends. Everybody has their own unique mix. But we accumulate all of these things, the belief structures, the self-identity, the hurts, the wounds, the, uh, the fears, whatever it is, we accumulate them lifetime after lifetime, and they get complicated. You saw how complicated Ellen's was. And I just felt like I touched the tip of the iceberg. But even that tip was so intense and so deep and so difficult for her that, you know, you can't even imagine what more could there be. But there is more. There is always more. I have some clients that I've worked with for a year and a half, every two, three, four weeks, or every week, depending on the timing of the scheduling and all and every week you think, can I really find something more under there And for every session? And sure enough, it is complicated, guys. It's complicated. But every time we do the dissolving and the removing, that's permanent. And it allows other layers to come up, other issues that have been buried, that have been squashed, that have been repressed. Mm -hmm. So 
in any case, we all go through very complex journeys. The goal is to move into those higher frequency levels of awareness and consciousness. And we want to free ourselves of the, our blinders, the discoloration that we carry, the, the, the focal point that we have that's, that's, that's distorted, the distortions that we carry. We, we carry many soul scrambles. We're mostly blind to who we truly are. Um, but, in fact, we aren't powerless because what is it that's creating this blindness? What is creating the discoloration? It's our thoughts, our belief systems, our experiences over eons of time. Our own. Nobody else is doing it to us. So we are creating our own viewpoints and our own viewpoints, our own belief systems create our outer reality. The outer reality, as you all know, reflects perfectly or mirrors perfectly what we carry inside. Now, so the understanding of soul psychology is really powerful because it allows the mind and the soul to work together. The mind of this life understands and has moved into the awareness. Okay, I have soul I have soul issues here. I'm here. The soul has activated them, triggered them, made them, uh, brought them to my awareness. Because before we're born, we choose the lives. And I've told you this before, guys. We choose the lives that are going to activate the patterns that we want to heal. That's how the soul talks to us because we don't remember what we decided before we come in. If we choose wonderful lives, that we do that sometimes. We just don't want to deal with anything difficult. We do sometimes choose really relatively easy, happy lives. But when we want to heal something, we choose a life where that pattern, whatever it is, as big or as little as it might be, we choose it. We choose to have it activated so that it brings us the motivation and the drive to heal. That's what Ellen did. She chose, she absolutely chose to become part of this family situation to activate this healing, uh, activate the pattern, bring it to her awareness. But she also chose to have a family friend involved. And that's another part of it. We for eons of time, there, we've been in lives where there was no concept that we had any power at all. It was all, you know, God or universe or karma or whatever. There, there was very little concept in many of the lifetimes that we have any say over our lives. Now, on this planet, that concept is out there, big time, that we're our own directing identities, that we have all that we need to shift and change our lives. So we're not placed in that waiting game, waiting for the universe, waiting for the authorities, waiting for the gods to do it for us and make us happy or fix us or heal us. We now have the ability to comprehend. We have the awareness that we are in charge. And that is so empowering, much more empowering than the waiting game that creates powerlessness. Because how long do we have to wait Forever, because as we know now, it isn't, we're in the free will kingdom. And this is where the free will kingdom is taking us, to bring us to the awareness 
that we have all we need and we are uh, in the driver's seat. We are in the director's chair. We can shift and change our lives. So a lot of people are here not only to activate the pattern, but to bring in the awareness, the technology, the techniques, the understanding, whatever it takes to not only become aware, but to heal the self. And today, with all the self-help that's out there, wow, there's something for everyone. So this is exciting. So this gal, uh, Ellen, has a family friend that knew me and just happened to ask me to work on her. There are other ways, and I've talked about it before, there are other ways to get help. For Ellen, who can't, at least according to the higher self, doing it consciously would be um, would not work. She was, she's not in the place to have any consciousness as yet. It's too petrifying for her, terrifying for her to even go there on any level. So she needs the unconscious work first. Now, I've never gotten that, as I said, in a healing, and it's it's makes so much sense to me when I saw the tremendous issues for her. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. But we can free ourselves of our own fetters, our own patterns, our own struggles, our own blinders. We can undo our own scrambles. And as we undo it, as we take off the layers of misunderstandings, we start to see more clearly. And um, in fact... We this this work is actually kind of an elixir for the soul because we, if the mind and the soul work together, instead of with one hand behind the back, so much healing can be done in a relatively short time. So much healing can be done because before there was the concept, before we held the concept, and we were in these cultures, like the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, and before we. There was no concept. So we would go in wanting to shift or change. And maybe sometimes we did. It wasn't that it was, oh, we always failed. But, but very often we would just repeat the pattern because try as we might, the concepts were often not there to help us. Today on this planet, they are here to help us. So, Okay. So the, the idea of self-psychology, guys, is not just a superficial concept. It's that once we understand it, you have a huge jump start to sort of infinite self-healing, infinite self-balancing, and really shifting and dissolving those life patterns that have been dogging you. And you know that's what I talk about in all my shows. But... I'm hoping you understand uh, a little bit more. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do today is, uh, first of all, I just want to say that I have a caller with the last four digits, 7268. I want to shout out to the caller and say hello. If you have any questions or anything, you can certainly um, put, I think you push the one and then a question mark comes up and I'll put you on mic. If you want to just hear that sign too, I just want to say welcome. Also, I do want to, while I'm thinking of it, I want to put a shout out. I have a lot of people who listen to the archive shows all over the world, but I have to put a shout out specifically to um, Brazil, 
huge following in Brazil. And I want to say hello and thank you, Ukraine. Big following Ukraine and China. Now, many countries do follow me. I luckily have a type of, um, I don't know what you call it, internet provider that tracks the countries. I love that. And I want to just say from, from, from all of my heart, thank you for following me. I appreciate all the listeners. And I will just continue to do the work. Again, if you have any questions, any concerns, any requests, please email me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. Okay. Now, I'm going to be doing today for the healing a conglomerate healing of everybody's soul scramble. Now, I know this seems bizarre, but as unique as we all are, because we're all snowflakes, guys, nobody could even begin to have similar patterns and experiences. The permutations and combinations of situations, conditions, experiences, uh, lifetimes that we've had is so vast. There's no, no even question that any souls are anywhere alike, but there are a tremendous amount of commonalities, as I'm sure you've noticed. So when the higher selves, I was, they won, you know, they were indicating for me to talk about the soul psychology and try to really help you guys see how all of those things that happened with Ellen, for example, to give that example, really affects her life today. She is crippled. She is emotionally crippled. She is physically crippled. She is miserable, unhappy, afraid, uh, in despair, unhealthy. There are so many things that are not right in her world because of the trap, the journey of her soul. She she actually lives in a family that's well off. She has there's 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 resources there to help her. It hasn't helped. She. And no one can look at her background. I mean, there are issues with the parents here and there, but no one could look at the background and say, this is a cause of such extreme distress for her. Because the soul is carrying the patterns. It is the soul that is absolutely in trouble. And that's where she needs the help. Of course, She's aggravating it, increasing and intensifying it with her experiences in this, this current life because that's what we do. We just keep adding to whatever the soul is, is uh, carrying unless we start to dissolve it purposely, which is what, we're, what I did when I did the healing and hopefully will continue to do. But in any case, there are a lot of common commonalities. So uh, when the higher self told me to talk about the soul psychology, I'm like, well, what healing should I be doing? And they said, oh, well, you're going to do a conglomerate soul scramble healing. And I'm like, what? Well, as you guys know, especially those of you who follow me over the months and months and months and years, know that things just keep expanding. And so I'm not 100% sure how it's going to work. They told me the symbol that they'd like me to use. And basically, I'm going to have all the listeners, again, past, present, and future, pick a pattern in your life. doesn't matter what it is. It can be a complicated one. It could be a simple one. It could be related to a relationship or to money or to uh, 
fear or whatever can be related to anything. Pick a pattern in your life that you'd like to work on. I'm going to be creating and pulling in, uh, activating, of course, the forever now moment and all that that I always do, the amalgamation, and activating the rainbow bridge energy. And in front of each of you, you're going to create a little, your own personal rainbow bridge platform. And you're going to symbolically put that pattern there. And then the rainbow bridge is going to continue for each of you to meet at the hub, at the center of the symbolic wheel. And at the hub, there is going to be the conglomerate soul scramble that I'm going to be working on. Now, from what I understand, the higher selves are going to be pulling out universal kind of patterns, the, the, the human condition kind of patterns where we all are carrying these similar things. And as I call out the patterns that I'm seeing in the conglomerate, I want each and every one of you to either release the pattern into the light or flood the light, your light into the picture that you have, the symbol, and watch as the symbol shifts and changes. Um, if you can, or imagine it. Now, some of you may not see things, and that's absolutely fine. I didn't see anything for, I don't know how many years. But you can imagine the higher self. Use the imagination and will trigger your imagination. You're thinking, oh, you're just imagining it. But in fact, the higher self are are impressing you or triggering off that that imagination or that, you know, you think you're making it up. so just keep going with it. Try not to judge or criticize just yourself. Try not to limit yourself. Just go with the flow and allow whatever is coming out. And if you think of something that I don't say, put it in. You know, you want to let that go or pull the light in, whatever you do. Some people like to release into the light. Some people like to pull the light in. You, I actually do both. I change it up. You know, uh, you've been familiar with my work. Is as long as you're hitting it with light, the light is neutralizing it and then absorbing it. You're going to be fine. And the good news is that you can listen to this show again and again. Use a different pattern. Pull a different soul scramble. You're not necessarily going to know all the elements of it. You're not. Doesn't matter. You can begin right where you are. And then just imagine or follow what I say and then throw in whatever else comes up for you and just allow yourself to neutralize all that it comes up. And I need to get started because I'm already feeling the pressure. I'm already feeling uh, this. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's like it's time to go. It's time to go. Time to do the healing. So, OK, now you guys pretty much know the scoop. I want everyone to get comfortable um, I do need to get a drink of water. Take a few deep breaths. Take a few deep breaths and just quiet your mind as best you can. Follow along. Follow my voice. It's a way to bring that mind's eye in. And begin simply by focusing on the here and the now, activating the now moment. And that is when it came to place very quickly. There are many, 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 many around this symbolic rim uh, of a wheel. You know the symbol I usually use. 
And now I want everyone to use that focus of attention, that important focus of attention, to expand the now moment to encompass the totality of the past, present, and future now. And it is doing so. And in so doing, it is encompassing the totality of the soul process. It's the totality from the time we're in the mineral kingdom, but in fact, we are focusing mostly the healings on the time in the human kingdom heavens, the human kingdom universe, excuse me. Um, for it is during the human kingdom free world journey that we create so many of our soul scrambles and so many uh, accumulate so much energetic baggage that needs to be healed. Uh, occasionally, I do find um, I do find some baggage coming in from the animal kingdom, but it rarely happens. It's the main focus is going to be on the human kingdom. However, we want the totality of the soul process to be encompassed by the forever now moment. We don't want to limit ourselves in any way, shape, or form. And we, in this way, we have brought this incredible time-space continuum into being, carrying, uh, encompassing the totality of who we are. We now want to focus on the beautiful symbolic sunlight that we all carry and just feel the heat, the warmth, the brilliance, the healing nature of that symbolic sun, expanding it in through and around the physical body, in through and around the uh, etheric bodies, the mind of this life, and continue to expand it in through and around the totality of all that you are, all that you have been from the moment in time that you, that all of us, we were expressed in the mineral kingdom. And in this way, this beautiful sunlight is literally filling the forever now moment. It is absolutely beautiful and brilliant. And the your soul essence, keep in mind, is everything that the originating source was, is, and is becoming. And it is not a privilege, but our right to use it, to utilize it. It is the energy field that does the work in the healing. Uh, everyone carries it. It is, again, our right, and it is extremely powerful. It is our purest and most perfect and most potent point of power. And that is what is going to be doing the work today. I also want to call in the totality of the higher selves. They are the conglomerate higher selves. We're all amalgamated with our own and everybody else's. The pure soul essence and the higher selves and the originating source are all held at the divine level. And from the free will kingdom, we have to invite in this energy and this help. That is what we do with this amalgamation process. And with that, I'm asking that we become enveloped, encompassed, and become one with the energy of the originating source, specifically that womb energy that carries the incredible reservoir of the creative life force energy that is going to be part and parcel of um, empowering all that we are. As we dissolve, it will it be empowering because that's what change is all about. Change is simply dissolving the old to allow room to the new creations, to allow the space to move out of the old and into the new. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're dissolving the old 
and creating the new. And this womb energy, as I say each week, carries this innate desire to give birth to, to become, to experience, to discover. Uh, and of course, it's all in, in harmony and in balance and according to uh, the highest ideal and the divine plan of each and every individual that is placed within this energetic field. There's nothing I can do or would ever consider doing that is a trespass um, that would hurt or harm in any way. So we are moving into this very powerful amalgamated state. And with that, I'm beginning to see, I'm going to activate the rainbow bridge, although some people had already activated it, activated it and now I'm seeing the the platforms arrive in front of, of the individuals. It's very cute. It's like these mini hubs, but they're as big as you need it to be. You can fill it the room of wherever you're listening. It does not size doesn't matter. I'm just because it's a symbol that I'm seeing, but it's what's happening behind the symbol that's very heartening. I see people absolutely taking part. This is what what my goal is to have active participation, um, to gain the experience and to commit to the process and to um, become that directing identity. And so I'm seeing these little hubs and it's just, I'm seeing like symbolic balls of patterns around. Now, of course, it's too much for me to get any detail, but I can see that they're being placed upon these little platforms. I mean, they're little in my symbol, but they're as big as you need it uh, again. So now I'm seeing the rainbow bridge for each and every individual moving to the hub. And it's interesting because I also have the rainbow bridge moving to the hub. I'm not using, I'm not doing an individual um, soul scramble healing on me. I didn't even think about it, but I see that I do not have one, which is just as well because I need all my wits to work on this conglomerate uh, soul scramble. So each and every person has got their soul scramble right in front of them. I want you to take a deep breath, really focus on the light, and I'm going to really focus on the soul scramble. And I'm just seeing kind of a blob. It's, it's, it's not taking much shape. It's not really presenting me with much. But it's I, I see like currents in it. It's very interesting. It's almost like river currents or almost like snakes moving around. It's But they're not alive. They're not animals. But, but the snake-like currents moving all around. It's as if it's alive. Wow, I don't know that I've ever had a symbol quite like this. Um, I know I haven't, as a matter of fact. So it's kind of alive. It's like it's like a heartbeat. It's almost like it's the heart of humanity. Wow, what the heck? This is this is um, okay. I knew something interesting would come up, but I didn't know what. And anyway, it's it's almost like okay, we're. We're going to be working on healing not only our own, but this healing is going to be helping all of humanity. And I, I really feel it's not just on this planet. I mean, I don't mean to be uh, self-aggrandizing in any way, but that's definitely the sense I have. That <clears throat> as we do the healing of some of these currents, these are currents that run through the humanities not just each of our soul scrambles, but all of the human soul scrambles. 
Wow. Okay. So, all right. So what I'm seeing is we're just going to tackle one by one by one. And so I'm seeing one coming in almost like presenting itself to me. And I'm not sure why this particular one is coming, but it's it's snake-like and I'm seeing not really a face, but but something at the end of it. And I, I'm just going to try to tune in and see what exactly it is. And it feels very, very old. I'm getting very barbaric almost. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, okay. As I'm telling you about what I'm getting, I want it to start to move out from this and move into the light because there is a tremendous amount of light here. And I'm, I'm going to actually call in any other higher self from any other realm or direction to please help. And as a matter of fact, I do see a tremendous amount of help. Thank goodness. Okay. So I'm seeing this. It's very barbaric. It's interesting. It's as if the higher selves are starting with some very kind of savage, uh, barbaric kind of patterns. It's the, the understanding at this level is very, very minimal. It's, it's coming from times where there was barely any language. Uh, when we first evolved into the human kingdom, there's barely any language. There's just a lot, and there's a lot of savagery. There is uh, so much survival of the fittest, so much just surviving, uh, a lot of cruelty, a lot of um, a lot of limited ways of thinking because there was very little concepts then, very little society. There was just little groups. Uh, I would say, you know, very, very sparse kind of populations, villages really hadn't even, or they just maybe started, but small, little small groupings of individuals, uh, certainly no um, domestication of animals, certainly no farming, no nothing like that, but just very, 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 um, very old. And so all of us would have this kind of thing in our soul scrambles. And it is carrying confusion. It's carrying very limited belief systems, very limited ways of looking at the world. A lot of limitations here on viewpoint. A lot of limitations because the viewpoint, and we were probably in this kind of very um, limited kind of, uh, if you just look on this planet, the majority of the human life on this planet was very limited, was very primitive. So the so in our own sojourn, this is actually a fairly big piece. Now, because the concepts and the understanding at this time was so limited, there was, was not quite the language and the rationale and the understanding that we take for granted today. It was more just very basic uh, eat, fight, uh, hunt, kill. I mean, there's some very basic stuff going on here. And so I want all of this to start to come out and it's beginning to be dissolved. It's moving out and it's um, also, um, I want to say there's fear, there's um there is a spiritual understanding here, but it's very, very basic, very, very basic, and it carries a lot of uh, cruelty, a lot of punishment. You know, the, the gods or 
whatever the spiritual um, element is in the in the society, it tends to be cruel, tends to be uh, vengeful, tends to be vindictive, uh, that kind of thing, punishing. It, it, it's not seen, you know, the whole idea of loving and loving God is 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 not really a part of this particular energy stream that I can see. Uh, moving out. And there's also a lot of pain and suffering here because lives were hard. Death came early. Um, there was a lot of uh, illness. There was a lot of suffering from natural disasters, from uh, starvation, from, um, oh, there's a lot of pain here, a lot of suffering. Just scrambling, just trying so hard to exist. Um, not a lot of fun, not a lot of enjoyment, not a lot of developing other parts of the self. It was very simplistic in a way and very focused on a few basic elements. And anger is one. Vengeance is one. Uh, um, war is one. Territory is one. Just big parts of it. Big, big, big orientation. Uh, of the importance and significance of these things, and we all carry that. It's not; it doesn't come up. I mean, how many of us nowadays say, "Oh, you know, I'm just protecting my territory. That's part of my soul scramble." I don't think any of us really, or many, would go along, uh, would think a lot on those lines. Maybe we protecting our jobs, that kind of thing. But some of that is definitely fueled by this very old pattern. And it's snaking its way out into the light. Others are swimming around behind it. And this is still very big. It's very dark. It's coming out. It's hitting the light. But I still don't see the end of it. It is really intense. It's, and it's, we may not be aware of this consciously. It makes no difference. It carries the energetics. It's very alive and well and active in our life pattern, whether we know it or not. And I, for one, am thrilled that we're working on this because even though I don't see a particular hub, I know I'm included in this healing as well. And it's important for all of us to get rid of some of these very basic old belief systems, basic old orientations and viewpoints that are very, very limited in nature and um, hold us in various uh, approaches to life hold us to various part of part of our um, part of the blinders that we carry. So let's just keep releasing this. And I'm finally seeing it's beginning to um, it's beginning to to finish. So I'm seeing it it's beginning to wind down. Um, whew, wow! Who knew about that? I had you know would I've never ever come across this kind of thing. In the astral, sometimes I get a sense of some of that when I've worked on the astral, but this is, I've never pulled this, I've never gotten deep enough in someone to pull up this, this kind of very, very basic stuff, not even in myself as much as I've worked on it. So this is a huge opportunity for all of us guys. It's really huge because we've spent a lot of time in the more, um, quote-unquote, primitive, and I don't mean to, to, to use a, a, that word pejoratively. It's just the easiest word I can think of to give you the indication that this is very old stuff, part of our journey early on, early, early, early on. Okay, now I want to focus on, there's more of these like 
snaky kind of things, uh, almost like eels or something like that, but they're big. They're big and they're they're just these like energies that are swimming around in this. And I wanted to see what else. Um, okay, well, this one is interesting. It's coming out of the top of this big energy field that I have sitting on the platform. And it it feels like the beginning of awareness, beginning of logic, the beginning of uh, understanding in a way that, that's more in keeping with what we um, what we kind of associate, but it's still fairly limited in nature. It's it kind of reminds me of the age, maybe when we're like between eight and twelve, uh, <clears throat> where we're starting to think for ourselves, but we haven't moved into the full understanding that we will as we get to the teens, 20s, 30s, etc. It's kind of the beginning of awareness. And as a result, it's carrying tremendous, I want to say, naivete. It's carrying tremendous amount of confusion and misunderstanding. Because back then, when that was all happening, there was very little uh, expanded awareness wherever we were in the cultures and societies where we were. So this is carrying a lot of belief systems that are very old and very limited in nature. Now, um, as it's coming out, it's it's a little bit, it's not quite as intense as that first one, and it's sort of oozing out. It's not coming, it's not shooting out. It's oozing out. It's like it's exploring. It's it's saying, what's out here? What what can I expect? And it's moving into the lights sort of slowly. And it's the, the beginnings of the mind really trying to understand. Maybe, you know, an analogy that, that popped into my mind, which, you know, I don't mean to make this at all religious, but it's kind of the transition that Adam and Eve went through symbolically in the... In the the metaphor of Adam and Eve in the Bible of moving out from innocence into uh, the the world. Um, now, in the Bible, it probably means moving into sin, but I don't mean to imply there's sin, but it's just that movement from innocence into understanding. It's new. It carries this kind of naive, tay, a kind of limited uh, awareness, and I want everyone to release all of that limitation from their um, their own, you know, everybody around the the wheel that's working on their own, all the limited understanding that you would have about your your soul scramble, about your life, about your patterns, about anything, any kind of limited understanding. I want everyone to begin to let go of, and it's moving out. It's absolutely moving into the light. And it is, um, you know, everything is being neutralized and absorbed into the light. But it's interesting. It's it's as if it's carrying, as it's being neutralized, it's as if it's carrying the a, a wave of expansion into higher levels of concepts and um, thought. So that's, it's very interesting. It's like pulling out the the limitations and allowing in 
the expansion of thought and concepts. So we're calling in, we're allowing as it as it pulls it out, we we're we're activating and calling in the you know um, clarity of vision and expansion of perception, divine clarity of, of vision. So we want all of that divine to be active in there, and it be, it's beginning to come. It's anyway, it's it's doing something. It's actually activating the expansion of perception by releasing all of that limitation, all of those limitations. Okay, so now I have another little snaky thing, and it's not so little. These are big. These are big things. And um, okay, all right. This this one seems to be related to a lot of emotional issues. And what comes up uh, for me? Uh, what, what's coming up for me, although I see many emotional issues here, and we're going to hopefully get to all of them, there are issues here of worthlessness, helplessness, hopelessness. Okay, and this one is, is, is it's as if it's moving out 360 degrees. It's not staying in that snaky kind of thing like the other two did. It's 360 degrees moving out, and it's pulling from the totality of the conglomerate soul scramble because these emotions are attached to the entire thing. They are the emotions of fear, hurt, uh, worthlessness, um, failure, uh, shame, guilt, despair, anger, resentment, Disappointment, discouragement, agony, suffering, all sorts of emotions, and it's they're being they're being um, they're moving out into the light, out of this soul scramble, 360 degrees out. It's as if they're just moving through the whatever is they were in before the energy field and moving out into the light, and they're being it's being every aspect of it is being neutralized. It is just, and I want the higher selves, and I, I want to activate whatever is going to help this, because these emotions are so tied to all of our soul scrambles. These and more. I only named a few of the biggies. There's so many. And so the these are very important to, to let go of. And so I want the the light to move up through the bottom, move into and kind of help push the emotions out. I want to set up like a, a vacuums all around, 360 degrees around to suck these emotions out, whatever the symbol is, to get the feeling that there is help. This light, the, the divine light is moving to help the releases big time. Okay, now let me just see. Okay, um, it's still ongoing. This is not going to be, you know, instantaneous, guys. There is so much emotional weight that we all carry. But as the emotions are moving out, and it's very dark, there's a lot moving out. As they move out, I do see space. I see, like, places where it's become lighted in there. It's as if it's allowing in divine joy and divine love and divine happiness and divine um, balance and harmony, serenity. So 
this is very important. We want to continue to release all the heal, all the emotions that are part of whatever soul scrambles you're working on. And it's as if we're working on the emotions for humanity. I'm telling you, it is huge, huge. Uh, by the way, I just put the screen up on my computer because when I work, I always have my eyes closed. I see that 7268 has put up the question mark. I will get to you at the end of the healing. So I'm looking forward to um, talking with you. Um, but just right now, we have to continue because we're not done yet. I want to call in divine breath, divine release, divine neutrality, because it feels like there is space here that we can breathe, divine circulation, divine clarity, much more clarity here. When we get when we get the when we let go of the of the emotions, remember we're not moving to the place where we have no emotions. We're letting go of locking the, the emotions to the events. I've explained this in several different shows, so you need to go back and look at them. So we're never neutralizing the emotions themselves. We're neutralizing the attachment, the attachment to despair, the attachment to hurt the attachment to fear, the attachment to anger. And that's what we're neutralizing. So when we, when we neutralize, it, it, it frees the emotions from those experiences and allows us to move into experiencing the, 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 the events uh, or um, in, in a neutral way or in a way that isn't automatically going to tie us into the fear or the hurt or the guilt or whatever has in the past. So we're moving into a space where we actually have choice as to what we're going to feel. And I've talked about, again, I've, I've really talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to go into it now, but that's what's being let go of. And I really feel like people are can breathe now. There's a divine breath here, a divine uh, clarity, divine insight, divine yes. Because when we attach these events, emotions, difficult emotions to these events, we don't want these events to happen anymore. We, we work to avoid them. We work to close ourselves off. And so by releasing the attachments, we actually open up the life pattern, what we're going to bring in, because we no longer may be afraid, may be afraid of going somewhere new meeting new people. There's a lot of people that carry tremendous fear of meeting new people. If we release the attachment of the fear to meeting new people, it opens up the possibilities in our life because we will allow ourselves to meet new people. So that's what we're doing. doesn't mean that you might not have some anxiety or trepidation, especially in the beginning, but the more we work on releasing these attachments, to situations, conditions, people, places, things, whatever, the more we open up our lives and the possibilities and the opportunities in our lives. And I think bottom line, that's what we all want. We don't want to be stuck anymore in whatever the issue is, whatever the pattern is, whatever the soul scramble is. We don't want that anymore. 
Okay. I'm now seeing some uh, another pattern, and it's related to issues, but this one is uh, it's really it's almost like it has its own its own energy stream within this, and that is the feeling of grief and sadness, and and based on so much loss, loss of our own lives, loss of our loved ones' lives, because as we move through the the human uh, experience, we developed more and more attachments, more and more relationships, more and more connections to other people, even places, even things. And the attachments sometimes uh, carry great meaning for us. Sometimes they defined us. Sometimes these attachments absolutely, um, without them, we were lost. And so the loss of these created for us tremendous deep grief. I think we can all relate to this, the grief and the sadness related to loss. And now this grief and sadness is really important, uh, the attachment to the loss, because remember what I said about change? Change is the dissolving of the old and the recreation of the new. We can't move forward, guys, without change, without dissolving the old. Otherwise, we get stuck. So dissolving the old, by definition, means loss. It's loss of relationships, loss of jobs, loss of homes, loss of loved ones, loss of all sorts. And if we move to release and neutralize the attachments that we have, now, remember, a lot of these attachments are very old before we have the concepts and understanding that we have now. Now that we have um, a little bit more expanded idea of attachments, in other words, we many of us would not define ourselves by the car we own. Some people might. Or by, you know, need to um, live in Beverly Hills because of the address and have attachment in that way. Some of us might. We all have attachment to people, places, and things, some of which um, we might have a hard time admitting to ourselves or to others. And part of the reason we have these attachments is it comes from this really old kind of approach that if you had a favorite horse and you were in some you know, Indian tribe and you had a favorite horse and this horse carried almost mystical qualities for you. It saved your life. It allowed you to get to be a good hunter, to get food. If you, for some reason, that horse died, you could be overwrought from that and you could literally fall apart and, you know, become inconsolable and not able to even continue in your life pattern. So there's crippling kind of things that happen with loss. So we want to neutralize especially some of this very old stuff that carries limitations around it. Again, when we're limited by how we connect um, the emotions to and attach these emotions to events or things or people, when we lose them, the effect can be crippling. And so we often will hold on so that we don't lose them. We hold on to the past. We hold on to 
things. You know, this is probably very much a, underneath the the uh, part of the foundation of what goes on for hoarders, holding on to the things. So we want to release it with the understanding that we aren't releasing any healthy kind of connection. We are releasing and neutralizing the limitations that part of grief and holding on and the sense of loss that is crippling, that is holding us stuck. And this I see coming out symbolically. It's almost as if at the center of this symbol there is a heart beating. And with every beat, I feel that grief and that sorrow coming out, that sense of loss, that sense of who am I with this loss? I am nobody. And it starts starting to reflect on how the, how we feel about ourselves, how at the bottom of the, or at the center of the soul scrambles is the how we look at ourselves, that we are worthless because we don't have that person, that thing, that situation, that condition in our, in our lives anymore. And we fall apart. We grieve. We, we, um, we get, we get stuck or we try to replace it exactly like it is. Whatever Whatever we do is is has limitations to it, and so I'm feeling with a heartbeat that the, these kind of um, imbalances and misunderstandings and misinterpretations and emotional issues are being released like a heartbeat out, pulsing out from the symbolic heart of this this center of this, and with it is coming despair. There's a lot of despair and a lot of agony here. Again, another emotion. This one is coming up connected to the grief and the loss. And I, I, I feel depression here. I really, really want to. This must be important issues, emotional issues, or we wouldn't get it specifically. But I am feeling a lot of that. And I can certainly relate to it in the sense that I've seen in many um I've seen in many, many uh, different sessions with people, soul scrambles and my own, that contain these elements. And so I think this is very important. It's part of the human conditioning. Whew. I'm now just going to focus on, because I want to talk with the, the caller. I don't get callers very often live, so I really want to talk with the caller. And I'm 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 going to begin to call in the the divine love. You want the divine love to move in through and around the totality of the soul scramble. Divine clarity, divine understanding, divine movement, um, divine transformation. We want it to tra- and divine change. Divine change is going to help to, again, and I want to call in divine material balance because that also helps us to recreate, uh, dissolve the old and recreate the new. And so we want to bring that in. I'm just literally going to check around the circle just to see if the higher selves are bringing anything or anybody to my attention. 
Um, and I don't really see anything. I see a tremendous amount of light in one area. I don't know. I'm not getting any indication why it's significant that I should be seeing that. So I'm not worrying about it. Um, dark would be something I'd be worried about. Anyway, um, okay. So let me just take a look back at the symbol here. I, I'm not seeing all those currents of the energies. I don't believe for a minute that we've tackled everything, but for what we were working or what I was going to do today and getting everybody a start on this, working on the soul scrambles that we carry, uh, this has been a good start. And I'm feeling um, there's mu it's much more lighted and the energy is not, it, it's not so distorted. Disturbing. There was a disturbing quality about it at first. It was just disturbing to look at these undercurrents that were going around. It'd be kind of like looking in a body of water and seeing water snakes roiling around in there. It's a bit disturbing whether you're afraid of snakes or not. And that was the way it was for me. And I don't know that we've gotten, um, we certainly haven't gotten everything, but I do feel like we've gotten a good amount of stuff. And I want the, the, all of us to focus not only on our, on the, on your own scrambles, but also on this conglomerate one. I'm asking everyone to please send in as much light as you can to your own and just to continue sending it across the rainbow bridge and into the soul scramble, the conglomerate symbol. And in this way, it's almost creating a, like a fountain of light that's going out to the universe. It's a beautiful, and it's carrying with it so much um, of what we put in, so much clarity, some love. There's hope here. Um, ugh, it's really, it's a really, it's a really good thing, and it's creating almost like a fountain of energy that is moving in through and around the totality of this planet, per, being provided to souls on the planet, and also moving out into the human kingdom universe, known and unknown, and providing light in that way as well. It's it's a it's a beautiful symbol, and so I want to thank everybody, everybody for to for taking part and. Um, Oh, okay, now the higher selves are moving in. They're putting the cocoon of energy around, which I'm seeing simultaneously. There's cocoons being put around everyone. The forever now moment is being brought in, but the radio show is not over yet because I want to talk to this individual and just see what's going on with them and see what they want to talk about or address. Anyway, I'm putting you, 7268, I'm putting you on mic. Hello. Hi. I'm glad I called you. That was a great confirmation for me. For you also, I sent you the stream with the stakes. And when I was seeing that, um, I was actually taking – well, I do that with twinning forks. When I'm when I'm clearing somebody's energy, I it's like the snakes are like spaghetti. I, I take them out of them with the twinning fork and then put back in the divine light. But then we nice. talk about, let me finish, because more of you, what you said was confirming. We talk about every breath being how they believe, either the breath of God or the breath of the divine. And I teach, um, you know, activating your light. So I teach people that every cell in your body is a heartbeat, not just your heart beating, 
your heart's beating in every cell, and that can activate all those lights, and those heartbeats will turn into light bodies, and you'll be twinkling with light. So you may have seen that as well. And there were a few other things that you said really confirmed how I work. But basically the reason you you came up with one thing I didn't know. I was getting very frustrated that people have this limited belief, and I was saying that it was because... Um, the churches, they're still teaching them the Adam and Eve story, and that was about knowledge. So they think that having the knowledge we teach them is wrong. So that's what I'm hoping that you did today by clearing out the snakes was to teach them that knowledge is not wrong, and, and somehow we're going to have to be able to balance those people who still hear it from their pastors to know that their knowledge is not wrong. And And you brought up Adam and Eve as well. There were a few, I mean, this was like we were an Internet connection, like like I'm a Wi-Fi and you're the Internet. We're two computers that actually connected today. And I think that's wonderful because I don't, you know, I don't even have Internet at home. So I want you to tell us again the name of your show and and the name of your website. And then you can comment on what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but can you give me your name, your first name? I'm, I'm Diana from Southwest Florida. And Diana. I got your number um, when yeah when I looked at the library I got your number for I looked at Walk Talk Radio so I got your show number that way but I don't remember the name of your show or your name so I want to make sure I know those before you sign off. Oh, you're really <laughs> cute, and I forget a lot of times to say that to people. My my website is higherselfvoice.com or janetrichmund.com, and the radio show is on Blog Talk Radio, and it's uh, called The Higher Self. Voice oh, or yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so great. Uh, thank you so much, Diana. I really appreciate your calling in. So two two three nine is a Florida area code. Yeah, Southwest Florida. Okay. And we do have snakes here, and and it quit raining about oh maybe seven or ten days ago because we just totally had rain all summer, and so. I've been sending the snakes back down. I mean, okay, now you can go back down to your home. We've got a lot of snakes that came out of the ground because it was wet. So it's oh, been driving. The whole, the whole thing around snakes, it just kind of flipped me out. She got my transmission. You know, <laughs> you, so the thing well, is, these people are think, still barbaric, and that's why it's hard to teach when people are still stuck in the limited mode. I think that's what you were trying to clear. Well, we're all on the limited mode, We each, but we have our own different limitations. And some of these things are almost universal symbols, like the snakes. That comes up a lot. So, you know, we all have limitations, and that's what we're all well, working on. Well, I don't with. take that into my field. I don't claim me to be limited. <laughs> you, don't, you don't, excuse me? No, I'm open no, to I'm, all possibilities, even though I can't see, and I'm yeah. unlimited. I have been for years. Well, great, great. That's that's the goal. That's absolutely the goal um, is to be unlimited. And uh, again, the more you can, more all of us can work toward that place, the better. So, congratulations, and I appreciate your calling in. This is terrific. I you have any will help a lot because, because I just wanted to say, can I say one more thing? Yeah, of course. Because you're, you're kind of you're, now, now, kind of hard for me to feel what you're saying. Okay, okay. Um, um, 
sometimes when you're working, like like you work with people, when you're working with a lot of people that are limited, it can kind of put everything back in survival mode. So working out to working towards unlimited can get you out of survival mode. That's what I got out of what you said. Yes, I mean, we all have some underlying survival instincts, survival modes. That's because we've led so many lives where survival was like, that's yeah, the focus. Yeah. And um, we're carrying it at the soul level, even if we aren't, we don't see ourselves in the survival mode here, uh, right now in our lives. We may not see that or feel that at, at all, but it's it's still carrying that, we still carry that energy that's still active. And it can be, it can show its face in very subtle ways. Um, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so, so is that, was that your question or? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what happens when you're when you're dealing with a lot of limitations. You can be thrown back into survival mode. So I'm hoping that a lot of people got worked out of that. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm having um, some disconnect with you too. So, uh, our connection isn't that close, but there are many layers, and so I I do hope that this healing gave people a jump start but we we carry so much from eons of lifetimes that we we need to keep working on it thank you thank you thanks i'm glad thanks. i caught you i'm so glad too diana thank you so much for calling i really appreciate it call again anytime okay 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 i'm going to just um turn her mic off and I didn't realize I, that healing was longer than I thought, I, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just gabbed too much in the beginning <laughs> about Ellen. But in in fact, it was all important, and I really want to, again, reach out to everyone and thank all my listeners and encourage anyone to email me with questions or call in like Diana did. Again, my website is higherselfvoice.com or janetrichman.com. You can just email me at janet at higherselfvoice.com or janet at janetrichman.com. It's pretty easy. And my new book, starting to really talk about now, is Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. In a week or two, there'll be a lot more about it. And I'm excited. I'm so excited. It'll be in print. It'll also be ebook. I'm hoping to get the audiobook done sometime next year. It's a very powerful book. It expands the idea of psychology to the soul and brings in how the soul works, how the mind of this life works, how they interact, how they work together, how they can work even better together. And it, it covers both what happens when we're in body and when we're in the human kingdom heavens. It also does talk about the astral, and I give two very, um, lots of examples, and one uh, example of myself in, in an extended way with a lot of information encompassed in that example, general information, as well as another soul scramble, a second one that's fascinating in its own right doesn't matter if it's mine or anybody else's the more you learn the more you come to understand that however we're judging people however we are um, 
you know, deciding that somebody is this way or that way and, and good, bad, or indifferent, that we're most likely misjudging them because the soul journey is so long and so buried that we're only seeing the tippiest tip of the iceberg. And if you saw and interacted with Ellen, you might think she was spoiled brat. You might think she was uh, crazy. You might think, what's the matter with her? She's so lazy. You know, what's what's going on? She has a, so much advantage in life. You know, she just throws it all away. And you might judge all day long. But once you understand what she went through in some of her lifetimes and how complex the soul scramble is that she's now manifesting in this life, you would understand that you cannot judge a book by its cover. You absolutely cannot because the soul psychology, the soul's journey is enormous and it affects us all. And by understanding it at a deeper level, and by utilizing that understanding along with the techniques and the the knowledge that you gain in the mind of this life, because we're in that place, like Diana was saying, where we have bigger understanding. We 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 have the techniques. We know we we know how to heal ourselves. And because we have it, we we are in position to be to change our lives in a year or two or three, we can do more for ourselves than we've done in eons of lifetimes. That's how fortunate we are today. So with that, I'm going to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart. I totally can't wait for next week. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. I have several things going on in my head, <laughs> but I, I love it. I love it. I love the, um, I love the unfolding, and I just wish everyone a good week, and I will be back next Wednesday. Okay, guys. With that, I am going to say goodbye and have a wonderful rest of October. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.